Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. How many is good today? I said, how many is good? How many know God's good? God's still on the throne. Pastor John's out having a little relaxation. How many know that's a good thing? Amen? How many know God's still here? Amen. Lord, we just bless John. Those with him, Pastor John today, we just bless him, his family. We just bless all of them today, Lord. Thank you for peace, rest, fresh revelation. We say your kingdom come, your will be done in this service in Cornerstone in Sparks, Georgia, just like it is in heaven. Let it be so today, Father. We give you all the honor, all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, I just want to to see how this goes. And, but you know, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, don't turn there. It talked about the men of Issachar. And that, that's when we say that, it says, because these men understood the times and what Israel should do. I mean, there was a group of people that they knew what time it was in the earth according to God's clock. Not their clock, but God's clock and what God was up to. And they realized that their life was more than just working a job and going through the motion and getting a check and filling the refrigerator. But they had a real purpose, and yet they was ambassadors from another country. They was here, but their citizenship was in heaven. And they was here on assignment. Wasn't going to stay long, but we was going to bring heaven to earth, and we was going to influence earth, and we was going to change the whole landscape right in front of the devil. Come on, somebody. Yes. But they knew, they understood the time. I want to tell you something. I want you to hear me. There has never, man, I built the Lord. There has never been a time like this, like what you and I are living in today, ever before on this earth. Ever. You're standing in a place that nobody's ever stood before. You need to hear that. You are so privileged. I am so privileged to live in a time like this. You could have been born in the dark ages. Come on, somebody. When there wasn't no revelation and there wasn't no word of the Lord coming forward. Come on. But God chose and saw fit for you to be born and placed in this generation for such a time as this. You got to understand, it would be a tragedy. I said it would be a tragedy today to be alive in the earth and not know what your God is up to and what you're here for. I said it'd be a tragedy if you didn't know. We are to know where we're at on God's 
time clock. There's new opportunities arising that have never arose before in this moment. New opportunities. There are doors that have been locked up before we ever got here that are only coming unlocked in this season for you and for his church. I feel the Lord now. When, if you think this is a normal place that this church is in, you have missed it, my friend. This church is destined for destiny and greatness and the blessing of the Lord and the harvest is coming in. I'm not the pastor, but I got to say this. I don't understand how we can't get here at 10 o'clock to worship the Most High God. I know there's going to be exceptions. I know from time to time. But as a general rule, we got 2025 to start at 10. What if the president was here? What if your boss was here? Come on now, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying, what takes the fuel out of a pastor greater than anything is for you to be plowing and going and giving, and God just blessing, and the people act like they half-hearted even care. Come on. I'm encouraging you, please. Man, be here at 10 o'clock. The Lord is here. Come expecting God is in the house. Bigger than your employer, bigger than Trump. Come on, somebody. God himself is in the house and he come to meet with you at our scheduled time. Please be here. So, man, I'm ready. I'm engaged. I prayed before I got here. I didn't take four songs to have to get woke up. I got up and prayed this morning and thanked him that the sun come up. Come on, somebody. I spent time with him. I come in here expecting. Why? Don't know what could happen, but it's a new place in the river of God, and anything's likely to happen. Miracles are probable. Not only possible, honey. Probable. Looking for what he's doing today. Fresh. Oh, Brother Junior, I don't know why you act like that. I don't know why you believe that. My Bible tells me that all of hell's going to be leased on the world. Honey, if you'll read on a little further, it tells you that all of heaven is also going to be leased on the world, honey. And hell can't contain, won't stop, won't stop, can't even slow it down, the move of God and what's coming in his body. My God, I'm excited. Never been more excited than where we at right now. It's kind of like we're on a football field and we're on the 20-yard line. And we, we got a touchdown inside. And the devil's got his last stance up. Come on, somebody. And we need a play from heaven. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to call to play. We just got to have open ears uh, in tune with the Spirit. Whatever you want to do today, Lord. Uh, whatever it looks like. Whatever it sounds like. God, I'm so glad I'm in the church that we can do that. Uh, most people, you can't even do that. They got a program. We trust you, Lord. But they got it all wrote out. Lord, I am hope where we go, going, we might do worship at the end. We might preach at the beginning it don't matter who's got the word it don't matter it don't matter just as long as the spirit of the Lord's moving my goodness it's, it's, it's the Lord it's the Lord you got to understand Joshua's assignment in his day you know what his assignment was 
Moses is dead. Now you rise up and you take this people into the promised land. He knows everything in the Old Testament was symbolic of the new. There was a promised land in the natural, honey, but there's a promised land in the spirit too for the church where they're going to handle the true riches and the wealth of the Lord Almighty. And you know what? Only two out of 12 in that day was preaching the right message. Only two out of 12 in that day that came back had the right report, was in tune with heaven that had the true message of the Lord. Only two out of 12. 10 was preaching the wrong message. You can't go into the kingdom. That's not for now. That's for later. But they were two, Joshua and Caleb, that had a different spirit. Said, so we can possess the kingdom. We can get heaven to earth now. We can begin to walk in the heavenly things now while we're here. That's the message we, we to preach. Yes, we can go in. Yes, we can. See, most churches today and preachers, they're just waiting on the by and by. They missed it when Jesus came. When Jesus came the first time, they thought he was going to set up his kingdom then, but Jesus was leaving. This time, Jesus is trying to get in the church and the, and the, and the earth, and the church is trying to get to heaven. We've had it backwards the whole time. He's coming in us before he comes for us. Come on. Power of God is in you. The Holy Spirit's in you for you, but he's on, he comes on you for them. The real church is about to go into the promised land. I'm convinced that the greatest hindrance and the greatest enemy of releasing the kingdom of God in this time is the traditions of men. That's, what stopped, that's what's got it stopping. And in places that don't want him. Going through religious services, religious exercises has no power. Clouds without rain. Twice plucked up at the roots, dead. Come on, somebody. Whitewashed tombs full of dead men bones. A stinking religion won't get you nothing. Amen? You see, I felt this week Paul's view of the church. I read Paul had a different view of the church than most of us today. Listen to this, Ephesians 3.15. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives this name. Paul saw one church. It was heaven and earth. It wasn't separated heaven and it wasn't separated earth. Most of us today, earth where we live has nothing, to, heaven has nothing to do with earth until we die and go there to rest. That's wrong. Heaven and earth were created on parallel fields, if you will, and earth was never supposed to operate one day without heaven's influence. Ever. Heaven is bored without earth. Our angels are waiting for you to speak a word so they can go out and carry it out. As you speak faith, angels are released. As you speak fear, demons are released. Come on. I'm, I'm persuaded that heaven is supposed to be a part of our everyday life, influencing our earth. I hear people say this all the time. If we could only get back to the days of the early church, honey, hear me. I'm not trying to get back to the days of the early church. Why is that? Because the early church didn't fulfill their mission completely. How you know that? Because they went to Passover. They went through it. They went through Pentecost. But they failed to go through tabernacles. Now you know, what's that mean? You got to look it up. It's, it's different. See, the last day church is going to go into tabernacles. Now here's what it means. In tabernacles, 
it's going to be seven times greater than Pentecost was. Tabernacles, feast is seven times greater than Pentecost was. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? You got to see in Israel, the Lord would give the, the, the former rain. He would give the early rain, which was a light rain, to soften the ground so that the Israelites could go in and plant seed in the dirt. He made it soft for them. And then four months later, at the end of their year, he would send the latter rains that were seven times greater than the early rains in order to mature and ripen and to grow the harvest so the children could just be overtaken by the blessing of the Lord. You say, what's that got to do with us? Man. See, Joel 2.23 says this. There's going to come a time that I give you the former rain and the latter rain all in the same month. Come on. All in, I ain't going to be no more that waiting in the middle. It's all going to come down. In the, the former rain and the latter going to come together, honey, and you're not going to be able to tell which is which. And before you get your seed in the ground good, the harvest is going to come up. That's the day we're living in. <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus, you don't know, man, I have failed him this week. We're living in that. I've seen God do more in the last three months of my life than I've seen him do in the last several years. I want you to hear me now. I've seen God do more in the last three months in my life than I've seen him do in years. To where in the past it's been a no, 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 no. It's been a yes, 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 yes. Divine from heaven. <laughs> the whole thing shifted. The whole thing is turned in the spirit. That's the days we're living in right now. I'm fully, fully persuaded. It's been a shift. It's been an acceleration. It's time for you to pray those prayers that you used to pray and have God in, but you lost hope. It's time to pray them and revisit them again. Because God didn't forget them, you did. But you need to remind yourself of what you prayed. Because them seed that went in the ground, honey, I'm telling you, it's coming back. It's been growing with interest, and your Lord heard you. This is the season that you're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. I'm persuaded. This is it. This is what we're in. Tracy and I was sitting in a restaurant. John, by the beach, had windows all around, had her phone out, weather radar, red everywhere, storm coming, fixing the hit, destined. Destined, destiny, get it? Fixing the hit. I look out the window, and they people on the beach don't even have a clue what time it is, what's fixing to happen, they didn't in Noah's day either. They was eating and drinking and giving it in marriage. God said, it'll be just like it was in Noah's day. It'll be just like it was in Lot's day. Come on. They didn't even have a clue what was about to hit. I don't think the church really has a clue what's about to hit in a good way. 
And I'd have to say I'm probably not ready and I don't think most of the church in the earth is really ready or can hold what's coming from God because the structure's not in place yet. We got to act like, what if God added a thousand people to this church next Sunday? Think about it. What if he added 500? What if they got saved out there? What if the harvest come in? Somebody's got to teach them. Somebody's got to train them. Somebody's got to disciple them. Somebody's got to open their homes up. We got to be ready for what's coming if God's going to trust us and give it to us. I'm telling you, we got to get it in ready and act like it's coming. God don't waste nothing. And he ain't going to give the harvest if we're not going to take care of it. I think 2017 is a year of order, a year of structure. Get it in place. Why? Because the blessing's coming. This blessing is so big that if you don't have everything right, best you can, it's going to overtake you and wear you out. And you're going to lose most of it. You better hear me. God said, get your house in order. I got a blessing coming. I want to bless you, but you can't contain it in that little bitty old teaspoon you got. You got to have structure. You got to stretch out your tents. You got to plan for me. You got to prepare for me. I know I'm telling you it's where we're headed. I want to ask you, how prepared are you for what's on God's radar fixing to hit the church? Earth had never seen nothing like what's fixing to hit in this day and hour. If men of Isaacar were here, they would tell you, we better get prepared. You better get ready. I see what, what time it is in the spirit. Peter said this. He said, beloved, do not forget this one thing with the Lord. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is what? As one day. So it's been what? From Christ, a thousand years is one day. And from that point, another thousand years was year 2000. That's two days. What are we in? We are in the third day. We are in the third day. If anybody know what time it is, God's got a third day church. Uh, God's got a third day church in the earth. What do you mean by that? Genesis 1-9 says, tells us that on the third day of creation, there's all kind of threes in this Bible. You just you spend your day reading them. Come on. But he tells us on the third day of creation that those things uh, which had been created begin to reproduce those cells. And it was a day of incredible fruit coming forth. God said that we was made in his image. We was made in his likeness. On the third day, we're going to reproduce Jesus. Jesus says the things that I do, uh, you've seen me do, you shall do, and you shall do greater than I do because I go to my Father for you. This is a day that God, Jesus in the earth, is going to reproduce himself through his saints and through his body, and we're going to have incredible fruit and sizes of all kinds, honey. It's going to be a fruitful season and the year of drought and the millennial of drought from the church is leaving. It's going to be fruitfulness in the house of the Lord. Exodus 19 tells us that on the third day, God told Moses, assemble the people, consecrate them. Why? Because on the third day, I'm going to come down. I'm going to visit my people. Come on, somebody. First Samuel 30 on... On day three, David went to Ziglag and the enemy come in and stole everything that he had on the third day. 
But David went to prayer. Said, God, what shall I do? Shall I pursue my enemy? And God said, you need to pursue, overtake, because you're going to recover everything on the third day. You're going to recover, recover everything that's been lost to you. God, it's a time of restoration on the third day of everything that's been lost. Some of you looking at me like, what in the world is he talking about? You got to understand this in, in 1 Samuel. Saul, daddy lost his donkeys. Sends his boy out looking for him. Finds his way at a man of God in a city up ahead looking for donkeys. You ever felt like what you're doing really didn't matter? You ever felt like you're just out there looking for donkeys and can't even find them? But how significant do you feel? Do you ever felt so insignificant? I'm just out there looking for my daddy's donkeys. Y'all seen them? Boy, that's about as useless, isn't it? But you didn't even know that on the third day he ran directly into the prophet of God. And the prophet, done, the Lord done showed the prophet about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send a young man. He's the new leader over my people. Anoint him. And when he comes in, guess what the prophet says? Them, them donkeys you lost three days ago, they already been found. Just know that. Today, you're going to go eat with me at a high place. On the third day, the Lord says you're going to have a divine appointment. Uh, you're going to be raised up from a low place to a high place. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about in the spirit. Come on. You're going to be raised to a high place. And you're going to sit next to me. And then he looked to the cook and he said, you remember that piece of meat I gave you when I came to meet you and I told you to put this piece of meat to the side? Yeah, go get it because this is the man that is for. And he put it in front of him. Guess what he said? This is a piece of meat on the third day that was, that was arranged for you. It was reserved and set aside for you for such a time as this. God's got divine connections, kingdom appointments for his people on the third day right now. Some of you don't know. You think you're looking for donkeys you think you don't matter you think God don't see what's going on in your life honey he knows every detail from the hairs of your head to the sole of your feet there's no new information that you've given heaven he knows you he is aware and God's going to bring restoration kingdom connections <laughs> in this hour Nehemiah went and inspected the gates that had been burned with fire for three days. Three days. What had been broken down? What had been demolished? What had been burned down? Anybody ever felt like your life was like that? Things been broken. You've been burned. Charred. I mean, you just in the ashes, if you will. God said on the third day, I'm going to call the people together. And I'm going to raise up kings and, and priests. And they're going to work together financially and politically and spiritually. All going to come together. And, I, and they're going to rebuild your life. It's going to be a quick work God's going to do on the third day. A quick work. I'm going to tell you something. They tried to rebuild that wall for 152 years. 152 years they tried to rebuild this wall. And tell you something, when God got on the right man, and they got unity, and they come together as one people, God commanded the blessing, and they built that wall in 52 days. What they couldn't do in 152 years, they built it in 52 days. I don't know if y'all know it or not, we in a good place in this house. 
We're in a good, good place. Hold on, hold on one second. Listen this. It's the Lord right here. He said, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together. Not visit, they live together in unity. It's not precious oil poured out on Aaron's beard. Come on, running down on the collar of his robes. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord commands the blessing. Man, that's a good place that we be in. Well, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. It's bigger than you, honey. It's bigger than me. I just want to be a part when God hits the place and shows up. I just want to be sitting somewhere. I just want to be just to see what he's doing with the people that are getting unity and say, this thing's bigger than me. It's about him and his son. The temple was finished on the third day. Esther went before the king on the third day and favor was given to her. See, I'm talking about a third day church. Man, you got favor on you. Got favor. Listen to this right here. You all right? I saw this this morning. I got slap excited. This is Hosea 6. And the Lord is talking to Israel here. But see, when the Lord says something, he keeps on saying it. When God said, let there be light, it's still saying, let there be light. You understand? So when God says something, he was talking to Israel, but he was also talking to his church. So I believe when the Lord says something, you got some fruit. But I believe that thing keeps on speaking right till it gets to the full maturity of what he said. So I believe this is not only for Israel, I believe it was for the church age that we find ourselves in. He said, verse 1, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He's a, he has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Get this. After two days, come on, two, a thousand, two thousand years, come on. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will rise us up, raise us up. To walk in his presence. God's saying after two days. I'm going to revive my church. I'm going to revive you. But on the third day. I'm going to raise you up. And you're going to walk in my presence. You're going, man you're going to set such an example. You're going to be on the top of the mountains. Micah said. In the last day the mountains of the temple of the Lord's house. Are going to be established as chief in all the land. Ha! You're talking about a high place honey. The church ain't going out of here broke. Been up beat with no power. Come on. We're going out of here in glory. We're going to be a beautiful bride. Without spot, wrinkle and blemish. We're going out of here. I'm telling you it's going to be good before we get out of here you can go down the road if you want to and just believe the devil going to beat the hell out of us come on somebody I don't believe that I believe God's greater God's greater Joshua on the third day said what we're going to cross this Jordan we're going into the promised land 
The Lord was resurrected when? On the third day. On the third day, the church is rising with resurrection power. Resurrection power. Jesus turned the water into wine on the third day. He saved the best for last. There's going to be a wedding. The bride and the bridegroom are going to get married. He's going to marry his bride right in front of everybody for the whole world to see. That's you and me. I wish you were more excited about it. My God, making a check. I mean, come on. Life's bigger than that. Man, I got a purpose. I got a purpose. I got a divine design in here that I was put here on the earth to do before I ever got here, put there by Father God. And all the money in the world can't make me happy as it, as it does me fulfilling my call and my purpose and my destiny and doing what we was created to do. Some of you, your baby just jumped. Why? Because you're bored. The reason you're bored because you ain't found your purpose yet. You don't know your divine design. Come on. You're working with God as co-laborers to bring heaven to earth. That's why the Lord said, pray, our Father which art in heaven, how be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He went and told us to pray something we couldn't have. I'm telling you, going to get better. Things are going to start getting quicker and quicker. You got to understand, it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was it? Faith? What was it? Charity? Hope? What a faith, hope, love. Love, the third dimension is always the greatest. Paulos planted. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We're in the time of the increase. That's where we at. Of every seed that's ever been sown by every man, woman, boy, and girl, we are at the end time to reap a harvest on all those seed. That's who we are. Inner court, outer court, holy of holies. Come on. Body, soul, spirit. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Third's always the highest. Kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up. He don't know how it happens, but all by itself. What happens? Day one, the stalk. Day two, the head. But day three, the full kernel of corn in the head. That's the day we're living in, the third day. It's been the time of the stalk in the head. Now it's the time for the full kernel. Come on, of everything that's ever been promised. That's the age that we live ourselves in. And people bored. They bored because they don't know what time it is. Amen? I remember at the end of 2016, I sat at my desk in my computer. I think every 30 days I got to change the password and all that. And you can't change that thing but so many times. Junior D's, D's Junior, JD's, DJD's. I mean, and it finally said, you can't have the previous 10 passwords. Oh, man, I ain't got no hope sitting here. This serious. I'm going to change my password after today, but I had something rise up within my spirit. You know what I did? I got a little hope in me. But what I heard was, why don't you put Harvest 17 in there? Harvest 17. Man, I jumped in my spirit. 
I said, you know what, Lord, I think it just might. I'm going to prophesy it, even on my computers and all my stuff. Harvest 17, honey. It's the year of order and structure, and I'm expecting a harvest to come in in 17. What a did. What be next time? I don't know, but something to do with the harvest. Do you believe it like that? Yeah, I believe that. See, you've got to understand this. Most of the time, we want God to do something in our life when it's already finished. And God's like, I could do it, but really, I've given you the power to change what's in your life. I've given you the power to set up order and structure in the areas that you're weak in. I put brothers and sisters around you that have wisdom in the area maybe that you're suffering in that you need some help with. See, we don't like that because that puts it back on us. We want God to do everything and we do nothing. You remember the man with the withered hand? He went to the synagogue, a man there with a withered hand, had his withered hand hid. This man don't even ask to be prayed for. He's not blind, born a man. He's not, he not hollering out, Lord, Lord, help me. He's, he's probably ashamed, got his hand in the shirt back there. Come on, somebody. And the Lord comes in, and he sees that man with that withered hand. Calls him out. Hey, you, stand up. Calls him out with a withered hand. How dare God do that? In front of everybody. Withered hand, Nasty. Church is full of people with withered hands. We don't want nobody to see the real deal. See, the Lord's not willing for you to put up with that thing in your life that you're willing to put up with that you've got used to living with and accustomed to that you think is normal because it happened in your family and it was normal. It ain't normal, honey. So the Lord's got a higher plan and he'll come right in and he'll call you out is I need you to stand up. You know what he told him? He said, I need you to step forward. Not only stand up in front of everybody with my withered hand, now you just step forward in front of everybody. And then he said, stretch it out. You mean I got to pull it out? You're going to have to pull out your weakness, your withered hand in front of everybody. You're going to have to step forward. And when you do, your God's going to heal you. You know, and you know what the Bible says? The Bible doesn't say that the Lord healed his hand. The Bible says that his hand was restored. Restored. You look up that word restore, you know what it means in Hebrew? To create new structure. What the Lord was saying is, I could heal your mess. I could heal all your stuff. But if you don't have no new structure to hold what I do, you're going to lose it again anyway. So I got to get you to put some new structure, some bone and some things in place that when I bless you and heal you this time, it'll stick with you. Some of you guys just waiting on order and structure. Get things in line. Just get it ready for the blessing of the Lord. I want the blessing. I want the blessing. Give me something to work with down there. The pattern is not from heaven to earth. The pattern is always from earth to heaven. It's always earth to heaven. And if you'll do something on earth, honey, it'll move heaven. It'll move heaven. When your faith and structure gets in place, it'll change. Heaven will move on your behalf on the earth. See, if I'd been me and you in the church, and the Lord says, stand up. We got our withered hand. Stretch your hand for See, that man didn't mind sticking his withered hand out. 
Because see, in the true presence of Jesus, there's safety. He wasn't afraid. But see, in the church, you tell us, stick your hand out. Guess what we've done? We would have stick, stuck out the good hand. Why? Because we don't want no one to see our withered hand. We don't want no one to see our mess. Why? Because we're not sure them folks down in that church mature enough to see that I have a withered hand, that I have some issues, and that the Lord can still use me and speak through me in spite of my withered hand. Just like he can use all of you. But he loves you too much to leave you. That's why he says, stick your withered hand out. Just do it in front of everybody. Just stand up. I need help, brother. I just need some help. I, I, I buggered this up enough. I just need some help. Somebody to help me. Step forward. Stretch it out in front of everybody. That nub and God healed him. That's why you got to ask for help. We're in a good place. What preceded the rain in Elijah's day that broke the drought? He repaired the altars. He gave the Lord ready something to work with. Lord, send revival. How revival come? Revival come to Brownsville after they prayed about two years. Come on. If you want a train to come, you got to lay some track. Give the Lord something to work with in the earth before he come. He got to know that it means something to you. That you're passionate about it. As long as we can live without revival, we will. But the time that we get where I can't do this no more. I can't live apart from a move of God. I got to know why I'm in the earth. I want to be a part of the last move and visitation of the Lord. When he hears that cry of hunger and passion and you want him more than anything, he will come. God help us with that. What preceded Pentecostal fire? Unity in prayer. You know? See, he said it like this. You can't pour new wine into old wineskins. In a bust. If you want new wine, you got to give me something to work with. I need a new wineskin. See, in this time, God's calling for proper order and structure in our lives. In the church, in the earth. Let's get things in order. In your business, get things in line. Let's get it in order. Come on. Get everything ready. Why? The blessing's coming. There's a cloud. It's coming. It's coming. What would you do if tomorrow you knew you was going to win a million dollars? Have you thought about it? What would we do if 500 souls come in? You need to go ahead and be doing that. Planning that way. Getting it ready. Because the Lord knows you got a plan for it. Alright, it's quiet in here this morning. See, not only does God do things, heaven do things in response to earth, but God also has some kairos moments. God also has some set times. God also has some set seasons, if you will. That he's got some things planned as well, if you don't mind. Anybody in here ever need to do overseason in your life? Anybody ever been through some things in your life and you just felt like you wasted a bunch of years? Maybe through divorce, maybe through a business failure. Come on. Just all kind of things. Bankrupt. Come on, it don't matter. 
You just flat blew it. Well, maybe you walked away from the Lord like, God, I wish I, I'd got saved a few years ago. I wish to God I'd got saved a long time ago. I'd known how good he was. Anybody ever felt like you lost some time? I want to encourage you this morning. Oh, goodness. See, in Joel, here's what the Lord says. See, when the book of Joel opens, it talks about there's four locusts that come. And what one locust didn't get, the other locust come and got it. And what the other two locusts didn't get, the third one come. The last one's called the destroying locust. They weren't nothing left standing. Why? Because they turned their back on God. You ever felt like that? If one thing didn't get you, two things got you, three things, four, man, it's all coming. Anybody go through seasons like that? I got a phone call the other day, about three phone calls in about five minutes and about made me drive my car in the ditch. All bad news. Bam, bam, bam. I finally caught on. It's got to be in me. I mean, give me some room, Lord. At least some hours in between. I mean, don't hit me all at one time with all this mess. It's like it wants to take you out. You know? But listen to what Joel said. Joel said this. In Joel 2, it says, Oh, be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord. For the Lord your God, he has given you the early rain and the latter rain. He has pulled down for you the abundant rain. The threshing floors will be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Now get this. God's not saying, I'm, it's bigger than stuff, y'all. You and I can go get stuff. But God said, I'm going to give you something that you can't get back. I'm going to restore time back to you. I'm going to restore the years that the enemy stole from you. And in that season that you thought were lost and gone and all that I had for you, you thought you missed out on, God said, it ain't gone, honey. I've got everything that was ever planned in your family line for your daddy, your granddaddy. Come on, down to you that, were, that I had a side, set aside for you before you ever got here. I just need you to come in, in uh, agreement with me. God said, I'm going to restore back to you the years that the locust has eaten. God said, I'm going to give you back time. Man, that's good. That's a good God. You talking about God can make it up to me? God can make it up to you with interest, honey. He can. He's a God of restoration. And then he said this. He said, after this, after this, that's when I'm going to pull my spirit out. On your sons and your daughters. All flesh. Your old men going to dream dreams. Your young men going to prophesy. So what? after this. See that happened. <laughs> in some measure at Pentecost. But there's another time. There's the fullness of that word. And he said after. I'm going to pull my spirit out. After what? After I give the greatest financial blessing. Of harvest that this world's ever seen. After that, I'm going to pull my spirit out on everybody. You ought to get excited about that. Because it's the time we live in ourselves in. God said, I'm just not giving you stuff. I'm going to redeem. I'm going to buy back the time. I'm going to remove the shame. You're not going to be embarrassed no more. God said, I'm going to bless you in such a way all your past is just, it's going to be just gone. The residue. So I'll tell you the difference between restoration and restitution. Restoration is you only get back 
what you lost. Restitution is you get back more than you lost. Restoration is the Lord getting back what Adam lost. But restitution is when Zacchaeus got saved. Remember the tax collector? He gave half to the poor and he said, Lord, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give them back fourfold what they lost. Job got back double for his trouble. Come on. If the enemy is caught, the thief is caught stealing from you. The Bible says what? He got paid back how many times? Seven times. That's restitution. Restoring you just getting back to what you lost. Restitution is I'm going to give you back with the interest. Come on, somebody. Children of Israel didn't come out with a little bit. They come out. He said, ask them, in the last, ask them for the silver and the gold. Ask them for the big stuff. And he turned their heart. And God paid them back for those 400 years of free labor. Honey, he paid them back with interest. You don't think he's got a book of remembrance for his church and the land and for you? This is a time of great acceleration. We're living in the end. You know in Revelation there's 54 sevens mentioned? 54 different times it mentions seven. Why? Why? Seven is the number of completion. Seven bowls, seven vows, seven churches. Come on. I mean seven, there's 54 sevens in there. Why? It's the end of everything. So since the beginning of time, Heaven and earth begin closer and closer. The fulfillment of everything that he said at the end of the age is going to happen suddenly upon us. We are in a good, good time. Good time. Listen to this in closing. I saw this in Amos the other day. Amos says... Chapter 9, verse 11. In that day, he's talking about the last day. Here's what he said. I'm going to restore David's fallen tent. Have you know what David represents? House of worship, right? He said in the last days, Acts 15, same thing, Paul quoting him. He said, I'm going to restore David's fallen tent. Has the worship and the music not changed in God's house the last two, a decade or two decades? Somewhere in the 90s, it changed. And we went from singing two people to singing to God. We went to singing from horizontal, what is it? From this way to that way. Why? As a bride gets ready, don't you stand up when the music changes and the bride's about to walk in? The music changes. It's happened everywhere. The music's changed. God's restoring David's fallen tent. A little tent out there flapping in the wind. Should have got him killed. 40 years of praise and worship, day and night. People come from all over to see this thing. God had a prescribed way, holy of holies. And David knew, you want something more than sacrifice. You don't want this sacrifice of man's rituals. What you want is my heart. What you want is a heart after you. And I'm willing to die for this, but I can't stay in that dead religion. And I'm going after my God. So eight miles outside of Jerusalem, as he was bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, he took, he took a road to the side, eight miles out, and he put up a tent. 
and he stuck the Ark of the Covenant in there. Should have got him killed, but it didn't. And people from all over the world come because they got to see this thing. Well, praise and worship was going on 24-7. God said, that's the, temp that's the one I like because it had my heart. Didn't have all the rituals in the form. It, I had David's heart. Presence. He said, I'm going to raise up David's fallen tent. Guess what? I'm going to repair its broken places, restore its ruins, build it as it used to be. Look at verse 13. Here, Listen to this. What's next? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. Did you hear that? The reaper is going to be overtaken by the plowman. What's that mean? That means you're going to be still getting in last year's harvest when the plowman come to plant the new crops. See, used to, they would plant. They'd sow. And then they'd wait four months. And then they'd reap the harvest. What he's saying is after David's fallen tent, he said, there's going to come a time on the earth that sow, sowing, Seed time and harvest is all going to overlap. You got the seed, then you have time, and then you wait, 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 and you have harvest. God said they're going to come a day to where the seed, the time, and the harvest all going to come together, and you ain't going to be able to tell them apart because it's going to be blessing you so great. That's what we live in. I'm telling you, that's what we just entered on the third. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When Donald Trump was down, all them points... In every poll, when I went to bed, there wasn't no way I thought he going to win. And all in one night, the whole thing shifted in the whole land. I still don't know how it happened. <laughs> but as it was in the natural, so it is in the spirit. There's a whole lot of things shifted and accelerated that you and I don't even realize has happened yet. That I know. It's a divine yes, 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 yes. I'm telling you. I've been excited. I've seen it happen in my own life, a bunch of different things. Got two people last three days even contact me. Got a word from the Lord for you. Got a dream for you. People don't even contact me. Bam, bam, bam. I mean, things happening. Bam, 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 bam. I'm telling you, it's for you. Who gets to walk in this, Junior? Those that believe the word of the Lord and mix it with faith. You're not just going to a job in the morning. Honey, you are out there on assignment by your God. On the way to your destiny. Where you at now don't mean you there forever. It just means that's your assignment right now. Which you got to complete it. God's working on you. Sharpening you. Because you got your destiny up ahead. Don't get discouraged. Come on. You're, going, you're not going to work a job and punch no clock. You're there on assignment for your God to speak on his behalf. To represent all of heaven. Represent his presence and agree with what the Lord said over people. You, that you're in full-time ministry. Come on. You ain't out there just working a job, making a living. You got a purpose. You're in the earth helping. You. I mean, you're working with the Lord. I'm telling you, we're in a time where stupid things are going to start happening to you. You're going to start hearing the crazy blessings, crazy inventions upon the, the house of God and the people of God.
I'm believing for them myself. See, some of y'all ain't even got enough faith to believe that for yourself. God speak to you one idea to change your whole life. Man, I wish the people believed the Lord. God, God said, don't say four months in the harvest. He said, open your eyes now. He's talking about gathering in the harvest. But he's talking about, what do you see? Come on. There's a harvest out here. The field's already ripe. He said, "Look, wake up and look around. Be alert. Be vigilant." Habakkuk 2 says this. Write the vision, make your plane on tablets that a herald may run for it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. You remember Habakkuk? He's the one starting off complaining. Oh Lord, how long must I call for help and you don't answer? How come the law of the land is paralyzed? How come justice never prevails? How come the way of the wicked always prosper around me, Lord? How long am I going to call out to you and you don't answer? He was in a bad way. You ever been there? He says, God answered him. You write the vision. You make it plain on tablets that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. You know what the word speaks means in Hebrews? It means a sudden blast of air. Write the vision. It waits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. God said, you just write the vision. You make it plain. And you just keep on inhaling. You know, some of you know how to inhale, don't you? You've been sucking in air all these years, paying your tithes. Come on. Pay your tithes. Ain't got no money left. You know, everybody else getting a new car but me. I'm down here praising the Lord while going through hell at home. Some of you have been inhaling so long. But see, the Lord says after you've inhaled all this time, the vision awaits some point in time, it will speak. Well, God says they've been a time that you've been inhaling. <gasps> but then they're fixing to be a... <laughs> He's fixing to be a sudden blast of air to get you to where you're supposed to be. To get you restored, to get you whole again, to get you healthy. Come on, somebody. God said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you there. That's the Lord. You know, we're living in a time that those that come in at 5 o'clock is going to get the same reward of those that been born in the heat all day since 8 in the morning. You hear me? When Caleb grabbed out Mike the other day, we all got excited. Why? That's that generation. Come on, man. I wanted to stand up. Anybody know the Nazarite vow? I want to say the long hairs are coming. Let him go. He's in the strength of Samson. The spirit of Samson's upon him. Going to tear the gates off to the city. For his God. This thing bigger than a black thing, white thing, Hispanic thing. It ain't old or young. It's all of us. It's the old and the new. Come on.
so that nothing bring you and me greater joy than to see these young ones getting the baton. We just say, run, brother, run. Run. My goodness, run, brother. We are your cheerleaders. Go. Years ago, I had a man of God give me a book. I think it was in the 90s. And this morning, as I was spending time with the Lord, I remembered this book. I remembered what he had wrote, part of what was written in it. And I went and got it, and it encouraged the fire out of me. But I felt like it was for this hour, for you. For those of you that believe what I just told you, according to the Word of God, you'll get that reward if you believe it. If you're prepared for rain, you'll get rain. You build it, you build it. You get your structure and order in place. The blessing of the Lord is going to overtake you. Former rain, latter rain coming together in one month. Fixing to get unrecognizable. We're fixing to get so much of all the scenes ever sown from the foundation of the world, honey. This thing fitting to go out of here in a blaze of smoke for the church. We're going to be on top of the mountain. Harvest coming in. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord's going to bless this house again. The Lord blessed this house one time. Unusual supernatural wealth it was at that time for us. Including me. I don't think we necessarily handled it correctly. The way that maybe we should have. Because when the blessing starts coming, we start thinking, man, it's all for us. It's not for us. Lord, won't you bless? But the majority of that is for the harvest. Coming in. And I felt the Lord come on me this morning. Huh. He said, you tell them I'm going to bless that house again. I'm going to trust them again with my finances. I'm going to trust them again with my wealth. But it's not for them. It's to get in order, get out of debt. My goodness, I'm going to give it to you. It's for the harvest. It's to get you ready to get in position for what's coming. God's going to bless this house again. I'm telling you, supernaturally, financially greater than we've ever known, he's going to bless this house, which means if we'll walk in unity, I'm telling you, God's going to bless your house. God's going to get it through you to get it to the body here. Why? Pastor John's got a vision. Elders here got a vision. We've got to go get the harvest. It's about the harvest. It's about the souls coming in. That's what it's for. I'm talking about crazy wealth going to come on us again. I'm telling you, we've got to get it right this time. Anybody with me? Lord, I really want to get it right. I really boogered it up last time. June boogered it up. Anybody else? I believe that. Day before yesterday, I felt like the Lord said, some of you that's been praying for individuals and certain ones in your family to come into the kingdom of God that has never came in, are they going to come in this year? You're going to see me do a quick work. Do you understand that when a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day to the Lord, do you understand that one hour in God's timetable like that, do the math, equals 41 hours? 41 hours. 41 years. One hour equals 41 
years on God's timetable in this season. A hundred years, two and a half hours. God said, I'm going to do a quick work. It's a third day church. I'm going to, you've been, I, I revived you after two, but on the third day, I'm fixing to raise you up to walk in my, my pres, presence. I'm fixing to bless you. Well, everybody's going to turn their, they're going to know it's the Lord. Your heart's going to be toward the harvest. Listen to what he wrote in the book. This is for you. You are my battle axe and weapons of war. You are my war club, my weapon of war. With you, I shatter nations. With you, I destroy kingdoms. With you, I shatter the horse and his rider. With you, I shatter man, men and women. With you, I shatter old man and youth. With you, I shatter young men and virgins. With you, I shatter the shepherd and his flock. With you, I shatter the farmer and his team. With you, I shatter gover governors and officials. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider has been hurled into the sea. The Lord is a man of war. Exodus 14, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see no more, forever. That's the season we in, y'all. This is what he wrote. This book is Bill Gates. When Bill was coming into the internet, he made all of his billions. You know what I'm talking about? Listen to this. This one he wrote this. I believe this is coming back around for the church. He said, I, I feel like we have an open window to enter our age and impact our society for change. A lasting change. A change for the good of all mankind. A change that will make the ears of all who hear it tingle. But what is this window which is vast and deep as the ocean waters and blue as the sky above? It's limitless. It's unrestrictive as far as the eye can see and as far as the dream can cry. It's the net. It's the internet. And as we enter and step into this window, every place our foot goes, we call it our own for the glory of God. By his grace. And he ended it. I looked and behold a door was open. And the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here. And the last thing he wrote was, arise, go walk in the land, for I give it to you. I feel like I'm supposed to read that over you today. That's the time, I declare it, that's the time that we're living in. The former and the latter rain coming together in the same month. Unusual miracles taking place for you. God, I wish you believed the word of God. You got to grab it. You got to say, God, I believe it. How's things going to happen to Mary? I don't know, but may it be unto me as the Lord has said and decreed. I've never heard such revelation coming out of a pulpit as we have in this house lately. Wonderful. We've heard Revelation. It's been good. I'm going to tell you something. We're in a different place. It's a special place. Don't take it for granted. You're here on assignment. God's not done with us. The best is yet to come. Why? I believe his word. I believe we have third day church. 
in the earth. I believe we're going to rise with healing in our wings. Come on, somebody. That's why I got excited. They started singing about the rain, the size of a man's hand. This message might be like a cloud to you. Man, it's small. It's just a cloud. Honey, if, I, if it's the Lord's cloud, I'm okay. Because rain's coming. Rain's coming. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 